I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Ready. (laughs) And JD Short. Hi there. Hello, hello indeed, and hello, dear listener. Welcome back. Welcome to the fifth episode in uh, in season three of uh, of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Okay, so so straight off the bat, I want to talk about podcast charts, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So 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 I subscribe to. There's this thing called Chartable. Um, it, it's impossible to write anywhere because it autocorrects to Charitable all the time. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm part of this thing called Chartable that like tells you where your podcast is in all the various charts. Of course, the the Apple Podcast chart is the is the big one. And uh, you know we, we 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 fluctuate sort of in and out of the top twenty really in both the US and the UK for hobbies uh, podcasts. And I'm sort of broadly aware of the other podcasts that are in the you know the other hobbies podcasts. But I was like, I'm gonna just 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 now whilst we were waiting to set up, I was like, I want to have a look. What what are the uh, what are the our competitors in the top ten? And I, they are so perfect. So I checked the UK one, or the Great Britain one rather, and I checked the US one. And they're such wonderful examples of the two countries as well. Um, so so let's talk about top ten. Uh, let's let's okay. So the US uh, in the US, what what sort of things do you guys think are going to be hobbies podcasts that are going to be popular in the US? Um, I'm bass gonna say fishing. bass fishing, guns, um, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> okay, is, is freedom a hobby? I guess it is. Free, freedom's a way of life. Freedom is a calling. <laughs> well, you, you know, in at number one, gun talk. Absolutely, great. It, yeah, and and also by the looks of it, an unmoving number one, like <laughs> consistently number one, very talk. threatening to not <laughs> be number one. <laughs> exactly, and then and then like uh, in at number two. Um, is Darkness Radio, which is like a paranormal investigation uh, type oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah makes sense. Uh, and, uh, and then we've got in at number three, and this is a trend across both the UK and the US that I was surprised by, but also it appears much more in the, uh, in the, in the UK. This particular one is called uh, uh, Adeptus Ridiculous, which is a Warhammer podcast. Oh, mm. And legendary. there are... 
There's another one. Lawhammer is is the sixth <laughs> uh, most popular podcast in in, in uh, hobbies podcast in America. So like Warhammer's all in there. In at number four, and and this is I'd have expected this to be above Warhammer really in the states. The major wrestling figure podcast. So. <laughs> You know, so, so I feel that they, those are good things. Those were like things that I was, I was like, yeah, this is a good, this is this is a good sort of bunch of popular things in in America. Weirdly enough, in at number five, a woodworking podcast called Woodwork, oh. Wood Talk, right. rather Wood Talk, Wood Talk. Wood um, talk. Uh, just before you go on, Joe, I, I've just checked out Gun Talk, and again, you know, if you're into guns uh, or you're in a country that allows guns. Fair enough. Uh, but us us UK people, I mean, last time I went to America, I went to Las Vegas and walked into a gun shop and mm. the guy was like, can I help? And I was like, no, I'm just amazed that I'm looking at a gun. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And looking at some of the episodes here, um, the episode from the 6th of February of uh, Gun Talk, Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Uber driver considers carry options. In this hour, an Uber driver wants to protect himself, so he's considering a handgun. Which one should he use? Oh. <laughs> well, that's the same as when people people sort of message me and are like, what sort of amplifier should I use for <laughs> yeah. small to medium-sized yeah. gigs? It's, it's the exact question. And yeah. really, it's like, is a Sig Sauer there like Baja Telly or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those um, who are into both, you'll get it. <laughs> surely the Baja's the Beretta... M ninety FS the the uh, the Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson guitar of choice throughout mm. every action movie in the late eighties and early nineties. I feel like it's probably some sort of Ruger, you know, like oh. some classic. Uh, anyway, we digress. We digress. We do. Yeah, digress. indeed. But okay, so that is a, a, a relatively, I feel, sort of macho set of podcasts, you know, from the American one. In at number one in the great british podcast and one of several podcasts on this theme in the top 10 alone the official nash tackle podcast is a fishing podcast i thought you said naff tackle and then i was like <laughs> that's something completely different <laughs> no yeah so so yeah quite comfortably in at first well actually it looks like it it trades places with the second most popular hobbies podcasts in uh, in great britain the bbc gardener's world magazine uh, podcast classic in at number three is the thinking tackle podcast number four is lawhammer so warhammer getting in there number five scottish watches which is got to be the most specific podcast you know that you were you were very limited is, is that what just, you can is talk that just, about is that just watching scottish people <laughs> That's, I it's like spring think. watch but is it, for scottish is, it, people. is it like bird watching and whatnot <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has it has a better rating than us rating and reviews is consistently high um yeah this it is i think this about. is a call to action dear listeners <laughs> Ah, yeah, great, amazing, yeah. Okay, so it's it's another podcast that barely mentions the actual subject matter by the looks of the reviews, but the people that run it are uh, are, are very funny. Um, but yeah, I, no, I I think you just read out us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Mm. But you know the uh, more Warhammer and carp fishing podcasts in in for the rest of the top ten. But yeah, there you so, go. So um, 
So, yeah, looking at Chartable. So we're number 16, did you say, in hobbies in Great Britain right now? At the moment, yeah. Obviously, it fluctuates. I mean, every, that, that's amazing day. considering how many podcasts are there. <laughs> yeah. This is it, um, also for us, bear in mind, this is the furthest day away from when a podcast comes out. So it's likely to be our lowest seeding yeah, day. I, you know, it still amazes me. I mean, again, you know, hobbies, United States of America, hobbies, Apple Podcasts, 41. I mean, that, you know, again, out of the hundreds of gun podcasts and Warhammer podcasts and gun fishing and Warhammer podcasts, um, <laughs> we're still ranked so highly. So I think there's a real thank you for everyone yeah. <laughs> who's definitely yeah. listening to this. You know, sometimes, it, I don't know, it doesn't seem real, does it, Joe? Ten years. No. I, um, I was actually uh, this weekend writing my wedding speech. And uh, Joe, you get a nice, uh, all the guitar nerds get a nice little mention <laughs> in, in the speech and, and about how that it has been, you know, 10, 10 years this year since we uh, first started eating crisps on a microphone and talking about <laughs> Strymon uh, uh-huh. to where we are right now. <laughs> I, still, I still have the uh, first set of mics that we used to podcast with in a box somewhere. Uh, you know, I, I almost sold them recently and I was like, you know, they're not really, they're not as good as, you know, some of the, the you know, the stuff that we use now. But I was like, oh, mm. it's, I'm, I'm not going to get rid of these. This is history. <laughs> I mean, I I remember listening to like a lot of the early episodes and even pre-Guitar Nerds and just, and just being like, how many things have I purchased? Like whilst listening, just just listening, you know, like whilst doing dishes and things like that. Just, yeah, yeah, it's good oh, that's, times. That's, that, that is good to know. That's good to know that we. Have, I mean, because it happens to me as well. The problem yeah. with the, this podcast is I get excited about the things that we talk about, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sat at a computer. It was fine when we were sat in a room doing it because you're not on the computer at the time that you're podcasting. But now I have, you know, company credit cards and a computer in front of me. It's. Uh, and and no one no one there to stop you. Like if we were all in a room still together, you could be like like someone would be like, no, don't push, don't don't push by. Exactly. God damn it. God damn it. Well, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, um, but yes, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's talk about some guitar things. Anyway, JD, it's uh, this is your first podcast of the year. Yeah. Um, that's and uh, you 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 bought an amp recently. What did you get? I did. I was looking for something. Mostly for recording and everything, and I have a long affinity for uh, flip-top head amps, and so I found an old, um, like, mid-60s, I think, uh, Fenton Weil Portaflex, or Portabase is what it's called. It's not Portaflex, that's trademarked by somebody else. Um, Porta, Portabase 15, which is, it's basically 30-watt 30, 30 all-valve all valve head, 60-some years old sounds exactly like you would expect it to the front end is very much like um classic b15 and then uh it's just really cool the the grill is this sort of it's black and steel like very art deco style um just great just you know handmade head and um in london in the 60s so i was like might as well get something something local something new and it uh it sounds great it's probably the loudest 30 watts for a bass amp I've ever heard. Really? Uh, currently, it actually has a greenback in it, um, which is like an old Celestian greenback. I, I haven't dated it to see what it is, but someone replaced it um, at some point. But yeah, I got a I got it for a great deal, and 
uh, was was just basically just like, this is exactly what I wanted. And yeah, really filled a niche because I was also looking at much more expensive uh, sort of full-fledged rigs, which I don't currently have a use for uh, here. I might in the U.S. this summer. Uh, and then, um, but I was like, why would I buy a full rig here? And then ship it to the u.s or, or you know or just like borrow a rig then anyway so this is this is a wild looking rig like and not something i've ever heard of the fenton yeah. wheel uh, amp so ne- they've never crossed paths with me before i think i think in a bit of research i think f- uh he was one of the guys that worked with burns when they were starting um making guitars and so they made guitars and then also sort of a an offshoot of an amp and then i think I think um, also did a bit of work with a lot of the early Selmer designs and things like that that you that you'll see around. So I, I love the stuff that the it's it's something that I think you get a lot with uh, British gear from around the sixties mm. where they were they were trying not to follow suit with American designed amplifiers at all. And this is you know th- it's so different and interesting and weird looking. The fact that the top of the head is angled, as you say, Art yeah. Deco, but it sort of has this weird. Uh, I don't know, like, it, you could almost mistake it for an 80s metal amp, dear yeah. listener. You have to have to look at it. It's so strange. Such a weird hybrid. Yeah, I'll post some photos, or Joe, if you want to share some. Yeah. I'll send them to you and share. But yeah, it's it's really, it's really, really cool amp, and I, I really dig it. It does, um, so right now I've got it hooked up through, you know, I have a, of course I do, two notes, um, torpedo captor uh and it's a it's a 16 ohm so i don't i just have the the sort of standard straight um torpedo captor and it's it's great to give me that you know crank it a bit distorted but i can play it you know play it at home so the whole you know the whole point was i wanted a bit of that grit like a lot of the stuff i've been playing recently it really makes sense for me to have sort of a you know a distorted amp as well as you know my beloved di's and whatnot so i was like well this is this is really everything I, everything I wanted, and I had never heard of it either. And it was just like this, this thing looks way too cool to pass up. And, this is uh. is really cool, really gorgeous. I'm really into this. Amp. It um, it wouldn't be out of place mm. from like ten years ago and the sort of or fifteen years ago and the lunchbox explosion. Yeah, of, yeah. Of yeah. Amps, you know, for for people who maybe can't Google it right now, it kind of looks like the prototype of a tiny terror yeah. in yeah. some ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it looks like um, if Engel did a tiny terror. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard, fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a kind of that that sort of. I mean, there's also a cheap uh, Far Eastern PA brand called Fenton, um, so <laughs> probably not the same the same people. But I guess the only downside I can see uh, JD is the fact that the power plug is on the front. And well, so I think all of this is the back, like all the controls and everything on the back, because the the it because the angle of the faceplate. I'll, I'll get another photo. Is just has the logo like it's a big logo sort of on the front so it looks even cool so i think it's it's more of a set it and forget it but i was just messing with it and i wanted to have all the control but yeah but the the speaker out is on the side um which i think is weird because then i bought i got a right angle jack so you can sort of hide the 60 year old speaker cord (laughs) and then but the, the power is also um it's also the same as like the old marshals and everything that you see around that time. Is it? Where, um, oh God, do they call it a Bolgin plug? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is the yeah the Bolgin, which is the manufacturer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's basically like saying Kleenex or whatever. But yeah, absolutely terrible, <laughs> Ter- <laughs> terrible uh, pre. Well, I guess the the pre standards to the standard we have now for yeah. IEC cables basically yeah i mean it's it's one where i i have specked out a few so i i bought some connectors and some some better cables that i'm gonna basically i'm gonna i'm rewiring everything because i can't just um hold steady and uh and i want to have a couple spares um mm. around just so that i and also i mean wiring a power leads not that not that hard it's you know six points so um yeah, so I just I figured I have a few of those, uh, and also I want like a right angle one because it's like all those design stuff you've made in the last like sixty years that it's like oh it'd be really great if it was right angle so it would take a lot of the pressure off of the actual cable itself. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to soup it up. Also, coolest bit uh, I know everyone wants to know this. There's a red light inside that lights up when it's on, so it makes everything sort of the head glows like red That's inside. Very cool. Yeah, which which is like I like it when people think about it. I mean, I still think about the the black light Trace Elliott front panels from like the '90s as mm. one of the one of the best inventions. Um, probably the best thing I like about Trace, to be fair. Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers, and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help guitars look, sound, and play their best. After two years of research and development, and in a collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad has developed the Keep It Simple setup. 
They demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anybody can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great. With their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, loads of how-to videos, as well as complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at Music nomadcare.com follow them on social media with at music nomad care and kiss your guitar with music nomads keep it simple setup i've uh, i've found a a, a fenton uh, well an, an ad like i'm sure you guys if, if you just google image search it there's an there's an old uh i can't there's no it's, it's not dated but there's an old 60s ad for this amp it's absolutely fantastic. The Fenton Wild Porter Bass, 15. 56 guineas, trolley, 5 guineas extra. <laughs> I, I love it. It's so good. The latest hit in the Fenton Wild range, 15-watt heavy-duty amplifier, black leather cloth cabinet with reversible top chassis, separate input channels, electronically mixed, separate volume, and tone controls. Rubber-tired trolley available separately. Amazing. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm very. It was available in Rose Morris as well. There you go. Yeah. Mm, great. Well, I mean... Uh, you know, just um, there's a couple of things that you talk in there, Joe. Just made me think. Imagine just going to Denmark Street in the 60s or or mm. 70s. You know, and so much stuff you just, you know, you would have read about in a magazine. You wouldn't have just gone on the internet and just found out about it. And that's why I always think about the Nam Show. Like, imagine going mm. to the technology you would have seen at some of the early Nam shows. I mean, it's probably still around now, but the problem is, is that it's just not as obvious <laughs> you know yeah. uh, but then you must have seen some stuff that must have just like absolutely just blown your mind in fact i just put in nam 1970 and there's an official thing from nam in the 1970s some pictures including the ovation booth uh where they have like a breadwinner and stuff like oh. on display mm. everything's that sort of like weird psychedelic bubble font and I'm just oh. like oh man just PV, look at the PV stand looks awful. Um, <laughs> Ampeg, they're just like here's an SVT. Um, but yeah, it just must have just been an absolute wild ride to see that sort of stuff oh. way back then. I just I just found one for 1978, and I think they have the same carpet that they put down. <laughs> oh, and they have all the organs and everything, just like the piano, like they don't have the. Oh, what's that place like? It was like Key Eighty Eight or whatever the name is up, like the upstairs bit where all the pianos and stuff are. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's like the weird bit was like just a bunch of suits, and then you get like the bald ponytails downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it um, it still has vibes of exactly what you'd expect. Now I'm just looking at this Baldwin organs and pianos. Their display, their booth is what two meters by two meters. Uh, they've just built a robot out of speakers. And then just got a, like an old TV and just like, yep, you'd st- that'd still be exactly what you'd see at NAM right now. Um, very cool blast from the past, though. Um, but it must have just been just been mad to, you know, like amps like that, like like yours, JD, that have just sort of yeah. disappeared into the ether of musical instruments. You know, and they're still out there. People have still got that stuff, but no one 
really remembers any of it. But at the time, there would have been so many dealers that just sold those products. They probably couldn't afford to sell Marshall or yeah. Fender, the boutique mm-hmm. brands of the day, as it were. Or, or knew a guy, you know, and was like, oh, I, I went to school with Fenton. I'm guessing this guy called Fenton, and it's not just a dog running after some deer. Uh, but like, which is what I think every time I see this. You can't. No yeah. one can not think that when hearing the name Fenton. Yeah. Now that that yeah, name has American listeners, American listeners, Google Fenton Richmond Park. Yeah. Um, but like, but yeah, but it's yeah. I just imagine. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. It's, it, I I was stunned when I saw it, and I was like, I've never heard of this or seen this, and it looks exactly like what I want. Um, also cause it's much, sh- it's wider and shallower than, uh, B15. So it's sort of like, it looks bigger, but it also in my sort of tiny studio space takes up less room than I want to give to it. So it takes all the boxes at the moment. Very cool. Very cool. I, I actually, uh, I downsized my bass rig a little bit this week as well. So the week just gone, I had uh, I had my first gig of the year with Polymath, which is nice to go all the, all the way over to Aldershot. We had a, a last minute, the day before our keys player came came down with COVID or tested positive for COVID for the, the second time. He does work in a hospital, which is why. So we had to we had to get together the night before and kind we had we brought a keyboard along and we had to work out which of us at which points were playing the simplest part so we could potentially free up a hand and play some of the keyboard parts that needed to be there sort of thing so it was it was to do that like in one three-hour rehearsal before a gig was very difficult but i loved it i loved the the challenge so it was very nice to be playing again but of course what what i remember like two three days before we gig on the last tour i went um the the fella from the support band blew up two of my cabs and i was like oh I was like, ah, I don't have a cab. And uh, so, you know, I, thank goodness that I, uh, you know, I'm working with Ashdown. So I was able to, I called them and uh, and got them to send me down a couple of things. But I've been thinking, you know, I have these massive, great big 15-inch cabinets, these cotton wool lined huge things. They're 15-inch cabs, but they're in 410 housing. So they're massive. Um, and they're heavy, and I just wanted something a bit simpler. So I went for two of the uh, the Ashdown Neo 12-inch cabs. So they're just two 250-watt cabs, lightweight, handle in the top. I mean, I carried both of them like out to the van at the same time, which is which is amazing for a, you know a base stack. But it's also you know tall enough that it sits at chest height, so you're still sort of feeling the base behind you. It sounded great. Sounded great. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I was, I was very, very pleased with that, but I, I did this, I did this thing. I've also been going way into my vintage styled stuff again. And recently I, I put my, ja- I put a, like a proper big badass bridge on my jazz bass and EMGs in it. But I'm like, no, now I want everything to be like the sixties. So <laughs> I, I got a Wilk- like a simple Wilkinson bridge, put that back on. And uh, I got the uh, the ashtray covers for the for the jazz bass. I put them on the night before. Changed the bridge and put the uh, ashtrays on the night before. Turned up at the gig and we were doing the sound check. And our drummer Chris was like, "What is that noise like oh, on the on the when on the low end when we when you're sort of stabbing notes?" So I was like, "I don't know what you mean." He was like, "It's like I'm hitting a drum or something. Something's chiming." And I real, we realised that because we're 
down tuned and I play heavy gauge strings, the strings move around quite a lot. I'm going to try and I'm going to play this acoustically into the mic sort of thing so you can hear. The string smacks against the metal ashtray. So you yeah. get this. <laughs> <laughs> Which does not work. So let's do some last minute unscrewing of uh, the ashtray covers. Ugh. I I did that. I pl- and I, I play pretty heavy with like uh, upstrokes and stuff a lot too. And I kept... Uh, hitting the the one over like when on my J bass like over the the bridge uh, the neck pickup and like on the upstroke and you just hear this like tink 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 like but it was like super super loud and amplified because it just resonated as well as you just hear this like tink 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 yeah. yeah which is why I don't have play them I really like I really like having them I really comfortable I just I can't <laughs> no no exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, they're one of those things that looks great, but there's no real practical application, But which is, which is a shame. Welcome, dear listener, to a new weekly segment called One Hot Minute, where each week I'll be demoing a piece of equipment briefly and showing you one thing that I love about it. Think of this like a, an audio Instagram reel where you get to hear the things we're excited about rather than just hear us harp on about it. This week I'm checking out the KMA Chief Disruptor. The Chief Disruptor is KMA's foray into Big Muff style fuzz, but with all things KMA, they tend to take ideas or staple products like, like the Muff or previously as they did with the HM2 in their worm and guardian of the worm, and they expand upon that idea. What would the modern player like from this type of effect? In the case of the Chief Disruptor, they've added three separate muff-style voicings, a clean blend, a parametric EQ, a boost, and an expression-controllable mid-sweep. So a whole bunch of things. This pedal is so versatile that over the next few weeks I'm going to show you a number of different sounds you can achieve with the KMA Chief Disruptor. But the first thing that struck me about this fuzz is just how dynamic it can be thanks to the clean blend, the EQ and the voicings. Here's a clip of the Chief Disruptor on the vintage voice with the clean blend on full and the disruption control on just a hair. The EQ is relatively flat and I haven't engaged the mids boost. Listen out for how drastically the pedal tone changes when I dig in and just how much clarity I get whilst picking softly. I'm playing a gold foil P90 loaded Harmony Juno, of course, and I'm playing into a clean Corey Wong neural DSP amp plugin with a touch of reverb.
think that's a banging tone and it's so much more than just a fuzz. I'll be back next week where we'll see just how much doom sustain this pedal can provide. Anyway, a, a little while ago, I can't, you know, a few weeks ago, no, a few, a few months ago, probably we we talked about. I, I think Jay Cross discovered on the podcast this lovely little UK custom shop uh, called Ann Coates uh, Guitars, and we checked them out at the time. They were very, very cool. The New Islington was, I think, their, um, you know, the the model that they were really. Um, I think it was their only guitar at the time that we checked them out. I think shortly after, not necessarily because we'd said anything about them, but shortly after uh, a, a podcast listener had purchased one and was, was I can't remember who, and, and was sharing pictures in the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. And it, it honestly looked fantastic. And Jay said kind of off the podcast, you know, so so genuinely being honest, it's he was really thinking about getting one. And, and for Jay to want to buy anything that's not Fender is that's that's a real <laughs> you know testament to that yeah. brand but um but yeah they they look fantastic anyway they've they've introduced two new models um and updated their their website since then so i thought we could you know take a little look at their two new guitars and have a chat about them dear listener ancoatsguitars.co.uk a n uh, and then c o a t s guitars.co.uk they look fantastic the new yeah. islington rocket and the nq I'm um, I'm really into the <clears throat> the, the NQ. Uh, so for people that uh, you know aren't on the internet right now, a visual description would be a slightly more angular offset. Um, it's it's got slightly more pointy corners, but not like metal pointy. It's just you know it's just I don't know. It's got it's got some sort of like pointy vibes about it, um, and a slightly pointy scratch plate, but has a real '60s kind of airline quality to it especially the headstock which has got that kind of slightly wider um sort of vintage feel to it very very cool indeed uh, the model pictured on their website is a single humbucker uh in the bridge in a kind of tv yellow um all the paint finishes and i think this is the same as maybe trent guitars is the o Besh body or obeshi i don't know how you pronounce it um which is quite an open pore open grain wood um so it gives you that kind of um les paul do you remember those like les paul jr fadeds oh that, yeah that kind yeah, I of vibe that. um so yeah i think that's that's really really cool just on their site now a really easy selection process to put an order in as well um quite nice that they use uh, a company called the little green paint company um I'm assuming because they don't use any harmful materials. Uh, but you have a choice of 210 colours. Um, what? Yeah, he's like, I've listed my favourites, um, of which, of course, pink is in there. So uh, good choice um, to to the team there. Marine blue, sonic red, jack black, uh, Mr. David yellow, confetti pink, mid azure green or you can have a custom color they have 210 colors available or you can have a custom color for a small fee um fully set neck which i think is cool with an extended tenon neck joint um so Ooh, kind of similar cool. to those sort of vintage mm. les pools and stuff which is great um matching i like heads. that you can yeah match head start. i like that you can get it in fender scaling or gibson scaling that's nice yeah it's a nice touch i think that's and, the nice thing with these companies uh, you know very much feel that they're sort of maybe still finding their feet and because 
the guitars themselves perhaps are more modular. They're willing to like try a bunch of different things and offer a, a, a few different designs. Um, and they use Creamery pickups. I think it's Creamery is based mm. in a similar area to where they are. Um, but uh, yeah, you can you can basically pick everything that you want neck wood fretboard wood scale length neck profile the, the radius is the one that's got me that that is quite a range you can go from 7.5 to 15 that is on the that is flat um i guess that's if you're going for the ibanez vibe and you want a real shredder's neck i love that they do 7.5 yeah mm. that's that's very cool i i um I still think that one of the, you know, nine, 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 obviously a lot of people did like nine to point five to 12. I think the silver sky, if I remember rightly, is 7.25. But a lot of people like, remember there was some Fender custom shops we did that were 7.25 to nine and a half. So down the low end, if they felt a bit more rounded for chords, but a bit flatter for, um, that's for cool. Lead work that's a nice blend. But, um, yeah, I you know, doing like a nine and a half to twelve would be quite cool. Um so right at the top you've got kind of more of that Gibson sort of uh feel to it. Um and then yeah, you've got a selection of nice woods as well, which is quite cool. So mm-hmm. the Obesh Beshi wood, Scandinavian redwood, swamp ash, and solid European ash. Brackets I- can be heavy, but looks great. <laughs> uh, and looks like it comes in very affordably like i haven't entered all the things so there might be a couple of things i need to add on there but sort of the 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 base price seems to be 900 squids yeah you know i mean that's like that's like without shipping or a case or anything you know dear listener i, I haven't added all the things and with the with whatever the you know the the entry level woods are on this as well but that's a, an incredibly reasonable price you just got to pop down a 30 percent deposit and that's it you know, yeah, I'm. Um, it's, I'm it's not a lot of money. I'm sort of just. Uh, I'm quickly smashing down a bunch of um, specs that I would pick very, very quickly. I wonder if you can have more than you can have any single pickup from the Creamery. Uh, okay, so they're doing that particular one in a single coil uh, version. What pickup should we pick? Yeah, let's pick a Filtron. Uh, Oh, you can have extra pickups. Kill switch, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can have like a brass scratch plate. That's wicked. Um, yeah. I wonder if uh, I didn't actually see the colours option. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's coming out about thirteen hundred. Right. Um, although, if you want it shipped, oh yeah, about fourteen hundred with shipping, and yeah, about fourteen fifty if you want a. Uh, a gig bag with it as well. So, but I would say for a hand-built custom guitar with basically picking every single spec you want, not bad. That is very good. Yeah, it does look fantastic. I kind of like the other one too, the Rocket, which is yeah, their, yeah. their sort of a, a, a German carve, you know, slightly swankier version of their New Islington. Oh, that's actually what he describes it as, the New Islington, but with all the bells and whistles. Yeah, I, I really like the... The body on this is, you know, carf top sort of thing that you get with like a like a Rickenbacker 380 series, like 381s, I think. There was just, yes, re- I've always wanted one of those, so this feels like it would, it would scratch a lot of those those itches. I uh, I love the Duesenberg Trem. 
Yeah, that's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, the the top horns, are, well, both horns are are um a very sort of Rickenbacker esque. Yeah. On the on this version of the new Islington. Yeah, it's very I mean, cool. I just love it that you know the 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 one they have up on their on their sites like you know black wood grain with tort and brass and chrome you know it's just like it's everything i would want just all over that's yeah, very cool i um it'd be so good to make your be able to make your own guitars i still want i still really want to do joe we talked about it many years ago pre pre-covid probably just before that um about going on the crimson guitar course um mm. for a week i'd still absolutely love to do that i think it'd be amazing to be able to just walk away with something you built within within a week yeah you can do a six day a five day a two week uh or you can do a three month building course um amazing if you if you then had the space to go away and actually be able to uh to be actually be able to build it something but i think being able to walk away with a guitar you built yourself amazing very cool yeah we really should do it maybe maybe next year i mean once once we get the new itv show like (laughs) settled and we can just we can run like a limited series it'd be great yeah that's that's that is exactly what we'll do yeah um yeah, huh. these are very. I mean, actually, I've um, I, I put down a deposit this week on a custom build. Oh, joke! Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I know, I know. I, I didn't mean to. It's a very affordable sort of. It's like a semi-custom. It's not really. It's not custom build as such. I uh, uh, do, do you know um, uh, Limelight basses? Uh, they're part of classic and cool guitars. No, um, which is, uh, yeah, they uh, they basically make. This Fender style guitar, very much Fender style uh, basses, uh, jazzes or, or precisions. Ah. Oh, Even I have s- heard of these guys before. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite a few Brighton players ended up with say, them? There didn't was a big Christopher yeah. Franks nearly buy one of these at one point. Potentially, I think they had a bit of a. a, a I think like someone at BIM, which uh, dear listener is that the Brighton Institute of Modern Music. Um, which is the big music school in Brighton. Someone at BIM bought one at like one of the bass players there, and it sort of spread like wildfire. You know, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh, these are great!" Because essentially they are like custom shop Fenders. Obviously, not made by Fender. They're, mm. they're limelight, but they are. We're talking about relict jazzes or precisions. They, he actually does do guitars as well. I've seen him do a couple of tellies, uh in in the past as well. But of course, it's you know, it's it's heavily relict fender style instruments for you know less money than a custom shop you know yeah. if, if you consider a custom shop now is like three five three eight they're about half the price so it's uh you know so it's it's uh yeah it's a, a reasonable spend for something of this style so what do you uh actually order then joe i have gone i have gone for a uh a 1960 spec um jazz bass in black with a black plate so rosewood neck um i've not got matching headstock um and uh then it's yeah so heavy relic with aged ashtray covers which i now realize i'll have to take off uh and the stack pot concentric um controls um that is that that that's what i'm going for but yeah yeah heavy relic so nice i'm excited i I like um oh well i mean they also sell second-hand instruments i can see they've got a 73 gibson ebo which looks very very cool um but i 
I'm really into, and Joe, you should have bought this, the Sandberg 48, <laughs> hardcore aged in midnight blue with racing stripes. Is that their, the, it's their uh, like Thunderbird style, oh, or like man. Flying K style? That is yeah. so cool. I would absolutely play that bass. Is, I love it. it. Looks, I love it. It looks it looks like you'd be part of Voltron or some sort of like, <laughs> like mech. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's cool that they've done the uh, they've done a jazz bass in. Um, Sorry, a precision bass, I think it is. I just, just, I've just lost it. Um, in uh, white over candy apple red, which is the same as the one that um, the guy plays, Scott, I'm assuming, in Scott's bass lessons, uh, yeah. which was the one yeah. that uh, friend of the podcast, ex-GAC employee, Wes Steed, ordered uh, and, and had really early on. It's possibly one of the best custom shop basses I've ever played. Do, do you know the, the bass in question that made these popular in Brighton. I can't remember the fella's name. He was quite a, a sort of a, you know, a BIM guy, but it was very good session style bass player that ended up playing in a lot of bands. Mm. Um, his was a, um, an Olympic white precision uh, over candy apple red mm. as well. So I think that's, it's kind of a winning combination. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it? a very, it very, very cool um, combination, I think. In terms of, but that's, um, that's cool. Dare I ask how much it, it's, it's cost you, Joe? uh yeah like well the prices he didn't he didn't list prices i think he gets you to send them i think it's it's around 1300 quid yeah. something like that hmm. so it's not not too bad at all with a 200 pound deposit which is not too bad at all and uh you know it and it's a backlog of a, a, a takes three four months at the moment to to build so plenty of time to pay it off as well which is which is nice. So it's a, a relatively inexpensive thing. You, you know, it, it, I, I appreciate it's a lot of money. A relatively inexpensive in comparison to Fender Custom Shop. I know it's not Fender Custom Shop. I know I couldn't have even talked about this if Jay was on the on the podcast. He'd have driven around here and punched me. But uh, you know, it's it's nice nice to be able to get something like that without without quite the the price tag I, that you um... normally get. Just on a side note of custom things, I was going through a bunch of photos um, yesterday um, to put out some photos for the wedding, and I, and I realised I had a bunch of like old, you know, I've been taking pictures of my guitar rig since day one, um, <laughs> and I found some pictures of a custom finished June Roland Juno one hundred six, which I've, I obviously I. Not that I forgot that I had it, but I forgot how good it looked. And then I saw, I saw it, and was just like, "Oh man, what a fool!" You know, when you see stuff. Why did heard. you get rid of it? I think I sold it for. I don't know. Don't say rent. No, I, I never sold anything for rent. Um, never, never, ever sold anything for rent. I only sold stuff to buy more stuff. <laughs> mm. Because it was in that position where. To get more stuff, you had to sell stuff to buy stuff. But now, exactly. you know, I can sort of just accumulate stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm still still thinking about that. I, the reason I mentioned that was because I found some old pictures which included that Strat, which we talked about a few weeks ago, which this dealer has for sale, which I'm pretty sure is my old Strat. And I'm like, yep. Still, you know, still got to buy that. Might not be a custom shop, Joe, like you say, but, you know, it's got some vibe to it. I want it. Yeah. Plus, I think Ugh. it was mine at some point. 
There can't be too many of them about. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. What was it called? It's the hot rod- it has all the words. <clears throat> hot rod is like American rod- fat strat Texas special. Yeah. <laughs> all of the words, all of the all of all the words of the to words. describe a a a, a, a modded strat. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. One day it will be mine. Yes, yes, it will be. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some new things that have come out because there's a there's a big old list. But we you know we, we're going to talk about some on the Patreon afterwards. We're going to talk about a few of the the things that have caught our eye the most um, on here. First of all, KMA um, have released a ch- their Chief Disruptor. That's their their new pedal. It looks fantastic. Just straight. I mean, I should tell you what it is, actually, dear listener. Shouldn't I? It's a, it's a, it's a big muff style fuzz. Okay, but as with all things KMA, there's a lot more to it than that, which I'll go into shortly. But it looks fantastic. It's got to be one of their best looking pedals. I know some listeners will be screaming at the, you know, at their phones or audio devices right now. But it does. It, it is cool. I think I, everything they, all the designs and the prints that KMA have on their pedals always seem to look fantastic, mm. and this is no exception. Yeah, I think um, I think from a design point of view, you know, as with all of the stuff they've done, amazing. Um, and you know, I don't think you can you can have it against companies to go, oh, it's based on this or it's based on that because. I think it's very difficult to go out and gonna and go. I'm gonna create an entirely new circuit that no one's heard, you know. And obviously, there's lots of experimentations with a relatively simple clipping circuit, I guess. But you know, so many things are people's homages or takes on stuff they love. You know, it's yeah. like Thorpe's, you know, um, Fallout Cloud is, you know, based around uh, a particular big muff that he loves and you know there's so many different variables and things that can make two of the same pedals sound very very different um so i you know i think it's good and and obviously big muff is just an incredible sound and you could say big muff and there's seven or eight different ones that it could sound like as well (laughs) um but there's a couple of extra controls on this i think one that stands out for me is it's nice to have the um pre or pro that pre or post clean blend, which obviously a lot yeah. of people, you know, when we, you know, bossed the HM2, a lot of people are like, oh, I want a clean blend on it. You know, I think a lot of people are like cranking the gain, but, you know, want a clean bed blend. You want just, some definition. Just cut yeah. through. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't. If I'm using a big muff, I just, you know, turn that turn that off. You know, I want <laughs> nothing but a wall of sound, you know. Give me uh, my bloody Valentine wall of noise. But... Um, <laughs> I think, you know, for something like a Big Muff, that does help cut through the mix a bit more. It's something you yeah. absolutely need. And it's something that's missing on, I would say, 99% of a similar style pedals out there. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like, it's because Big Muffs are so, uh, yeah, that's so all, in, that sound is, it's such a big sonic wall that if you did want to do anything that's not Doom with a Big Muff, you probably got to use a line selector or something to bring in something else, or you've really got to have some EQ going on after it to try and shape some definition from the pedal. And I think that's what KMA do really well. Like, they did it, you know, before with, the, with like, the Guardian of the Worm, where they were you know they they take things in that case it was an hm2 style pedal but they they take a staple and they they add a bunch of stuff to it to make it more versatile in this case they've got three different modes or you know three different voicings for the for the chief disruptor it's got a like a tight 
um, like a fat sort of heavy one and a vintage inspired. So you've got three sort of different voicings for a, a big muff style pedal just off the bat before you look at the fact that there's, you know, there is the EQ, foot switchable mids, expression switchable mids. So you could, wow. you know, even make a manual phaser with that, which is kind of cool because it doubles up. You get that cocktail sound with it as well. The clean blend is a is the big one for me because it means you mm. can use it dynamically. It's not just a here's your fuzz sound. You know, it's it, it can be used. You can really dig in and get more out of it, but get almost more of a drive than a fuzz. It makes it versatile because it can do all that crazy stuff as well, but you know, there's just a bit more to it. You get just being able to get some of the lovely harmonics that you think about with a big muff, but still be able to hear your guitar. That, that's kind of cool. That's that's something I'm into. Mm. Well, and I think it's just there's so many options on this that allow you to to change. You know, this pedal that it, it ends up being potentially. I don't want to use the cliche of like, it's like four pedals in one, but it's, it's the thing that like, I always find with like my big, like I've had several different big muffs and I'm always like, this is the one I love it. And then I'll want something slightly different. And like each, each big muff I have does the one thing or, or I find one setting I really like yeah. it for. Yeah. And then I can't, I can't use it or I have to swap out. And it just depends on, you know, like my flavors where it feels like this may be, you know, one pedal that then allows you to sort of change. Like if, if taste change or like sort of situations change, you can sort of adjust it and be like, Oh, this, this still works for everything. Or, you know, just my, my whims change as they do, (laughs) you know, like it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really into it. And, you know, I, I love a big mouth and I really want to love so many other things more because it just seems so boring to be like, Oh, a big mouth, you know, pedals you can still get for under 100 quid yeah you know so but it's it's still just like yeah it's every every time i start playing something else i always end up going back to like you know some variation of a big mouth yeah 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 i wanted to get one recently just because i spoke about it before like about how how tim used the i've forgotten the name of it now the earthquake advice's recent uh uh big muff style pedal we used it a whole bunch from recording and i was like man i don't own any i don't own any big muffs actually i do i've got the the russian the little um bright onion pedals the russian but you know other than that i don't really have any so i i thought it'd be cool to get one but you know to, the earth the earthquake devices was was a little expensive for a big muff and when i'm sort of also looking at the fact that you know electro harmonics do one for you know 65 quid or whatever you know so uh, I wasn't sure where to go, what to get. Um, and this is actually less money than the earthquake advices for something mm. with and like just honestly, if this was just a big muff but had the clean blend on it, it that would probably yeah. be enough for me. You know, that's that's the thing that I need because it means it works with bass as well. For, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I almost always like kind of what we're talking about when I use a big muff, I almost always just really want that big bloom sound of like massively sustained and you know that that's usually what i'm using it for but also having having the clean blend means you can still you can still hear what the notes you're actually playing are yeah and sometimes that's important bass players (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah well yeah okay very cool uh that's the the kma um chief disruptor 
Now, another company that we've, you know, we, we've spoken about a bunch in the past and had on the podcast before, um, Old Blood Noise Endeavour, still the best named uh, pedal company. And I mention this every time, but I love that their pedals come with the instruction manuals fold out into artwork that you could frame or put up. And it's always, always fantastic artwork. They've, uh, they've introduced, so it sounds, you know, it sounds boring when companies introduce second versions of something, but they have all introduced the V2 version of the XS. The XS kind of passed me by the first time. I think because I just wasn't around, you know, I wasn't aware of them when it was released the first time. So I just, I guess I missed it. But it's a distortion, chorus, and delay, which are not three things I would expect to be put together on a pedal unless it was a big multi-effects thing. Yeah, I think the only time um, it, I've seen it similar, um, although that was... No, that was Boost. Uh, there's that JHS pedal that's Boost, uh, Chorus, and Reverb, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, trying to go for a kind of more 80s vibe. Um, but this is, yeah, the second second version of the excess and if you don't remember joe the excess was actually in the bigger housing the, the same one that the ah, minim and the river uh right. was in so this is now moved to your standard we should say like hammond small sized um stomp box enclosure so a single stomp rather than a double stomp i guess you would say um but yeah very cool expands on um a lot of options i think dan dan as always has done a great video in his dan explains it all um there's such a great video series yeah and uh, obviously brady as well and the rest of the guys there amazing um but what i really like about this is the three modes are cor- chorus delay and then fifth which is a kind of tuned delay to kind of give you this almost like fifth like harmony um, and then you've got, you can either run modulation first, distortion first, or run them in parallel, which I think is very cool. Um, plus, you can use an expression pedal as well, which is very cool. So the expression pedal controls rate and depth. That's something that we're seeing a lot, and I think another pedal we might talk about has something similar. Um, but yeah, loads of gain on tap, which I really like, so you don't have to use it for kind of super noise. You can use it much lower gain. Um, and then finally, sneakily inside, a little internal trim pot to set the wet-dry mix. Um, That's very cool. So, yeah. you know, I obviously, you know, old blood noise, they make some fantastic noisy pedals for kind of noisy music and some sort of extreme stuff, but you can really dial it back. And I can actually see this. Because those sections are on separate stomp pedals you could really use this you know to quite sort of wide effect on a pedal board i think yeah i was just thinking about as just stunned with how flexible this is and how small it is Mm. and just thinking about like what real estates being able to do this would have taken up like yeah. even five, six years ago now. And, you know, and this isn't some micro nano pedal, it's a regular pedal side, but it's just, it's just, it feels so flexible and it feels like something that if you weren't going to go full on like HX stomp or like, like my mod dwarf or something, and you want, you still want individual pedals to be able to do mm. stuff like this feels like, like this, the, 27 big muffs in one that we were just talking, you know, and like you start getting, you know, a few of these things together and you, you have 
such a sonic palette you could do with three or four pedals that aren't that aren't what i would really class as like multi-effects units no you know they're just like very flexible units that do lots of stuff mm. yeah it's uh it's really cool this is a wonderful new offering uh, uh, offering i know it's just a v2 but moving it into the smaller box as you say everything about it this is great a great company uh i need to i need to i haven't watched the the dan explains video for this yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that because you know, it seems very cool yeah i'm i'm into it but um i guess yeah on a similar vibe joe we should probably talk about the uh mxr pedal <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, this actually came out on the fifth of January. It's it sat at the bottom of our things to talk about list for since the podcast started this yeah, year. So I, we finally got round to it. I can't it. remember if we did maybe talk about it in a Patreon or something. But um, obviously, I think uh, JD, you said this was the first pedal that you've seen that you want to buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's it's it was one because I saw I saw when it was announced, and then that they weren't available. I'm not even sure they're available yet i'm just trying to just do a quick look but yeah it's, it's just the, the idea the poly blue octave uh, yeah yeah the mxr poly blue octave which has basically I, I always really like mxr's octaves they're really good it's got you know octave up octave down two octaves up two octaves down all on separate controls again in a small casing and like fuzz and modulation in it as well <laughs> like and which and is, a clean blend Oh, and a clean blend. Oh. I mean, yeah, it's it's just really, it's really interesting. Like all the octaves I have, like I have, you know, I have old Mutron divide, octave divider. I have various other ones and it's, they're always great for octaves down or like you get an octave up, which is that real ring modulated sort of sound that you get like the green ringers and things. But then, you know, like I've I've never really gotten on with any of the other pedals certainly they do octave up like i think it sounds if if you're playing bass and it's clean it it sounds really weird to me like they always sound like f fake yeah and i think the mxrs handle that re handle them really well and they sound like much more real and musical and you don't need to then put that into a distortion or something else to sort of tame or, or sort of harshen up the sort of digital things that you get with like whammies and that you know, like a whammy has its own sound. It doesn't. Yes, yeah, it's it, an yeah, It doesn't sound, sound like your guitar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. Um, I must admit, I'm. I'm with you on this one, JD. I think this looks like a great mix of just loads of great stuff um, that yeah. can be used individually or or together. But the fact that you've basically got a phase ninety in there, and then the octaves can be controlled with an expression pedal, I'm like. They've sort of done everything oh, right, in, in my opinion. This, yeah, this is yeah. very good. I because I've I've always had a love hate, I guess, with the Pog. I remember I remember yeah, having a micro same. Pog, you know, and bought one very soon after they came out because the big Pog, you know, was was cool, but you know, obviously, really gained massive fame after Jack White sort of used one, and then I had one for a while, never really used it liked the octave down then i found the oc2 and obviously that's that's been with me for 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 years and years and years and i bought a micro pog not that long ago and just plugged it in and went it actually sounds a bit rubbish like it just i don't know it's just something just doesn't feel very natural about it where this feels and sounds 
much better, in my opinion. Everything I've seen on this, I'm like, mm. no, this sounds really chunky. You know, it's got that sort of OC2 vibe in the sub. You know, the upper octave's got that kind of more whammy vibe about it. Definitely very, very cool. I want one. Yeah. 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 Uh, me too. Me too. I, I just, it, it was just one of those things like I, when it was announced, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like another octave pedal. You know, I, like, I, I, I glossed I, over it until just now, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I was looked at it and I was like, mm, and, I, you know, I know, you know, I, I love all the Dunlop and MXR stuff. And so I was just, I was like, well, maybe I'll pay attention. I was like, ooh, actually, oh. And I just had those moments, like, probably <laughs> like you were talking about Matt, where it's just like, oh, oh. Okay, well, I, well now, yeah, I'm more into this, and then, yeah, it just and, and it just it just feels like yeah, like you were saying, like knocked it out of the park, looks amazing. Again, I think the the general theme we're seeing here is like small, massively flexible pedals, like expression inputs on everything. Yeah, just everything. Being able to, every pedal we've spoken about has an expression pedal input, even though we've talked about. An octave pedal, a drive pedal, and you know, <laughs> yeah. a weird bit of all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a combo pedal that's like stepping on one instead of four. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's just really interesting to see this go back to. It's something that looks like it would appeal to someone who. It kind of wants a bit of flexibility and or may want to do like an octave up for a tiny one one song or something, you know, like someone's doing like a, a an octave up Jimi Hendrixy thing or something and maybe doesn't want like a full pog. But it's like, oh, I could I could use this for one one song or two. I don't I don't want like a HX stomp. I don't want anything that's got menus and is complicated. Yeah. Um, but also like it just it just feels like this would appeal to literally everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if this will will this be the new standard? Uh, you know where the where the pog is left off, or to be honest, have we passed that time where uh, where you know everyone's buying an octave pedal? I, I I think octaves are still a great addition to your pedal board, and I think having something like this is just it just gives uh, I think it gives you more options. You know, or just use the fuzz, or just use the phaser. But the fact that you can even just use a tap tempo foot switch to go between two mm. sets of settings, you know, so you don't even that's have yeah, to like, cool. ex, you know, use an expression pedal to like sweep between them. That's very cool. I can see you hooking up to like an MS3 and using one of the control outs to, you know, jump between two settings. You know, it's like two pedals in yeah. one. Then really cool. This is very cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah. Um, now, that, that is all the time we, we have on uh, this week's episode of Guitar Nerds. You can, of course, dear listener, join us on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about, like, Squire's 40th anniversary, maybe a couple of other random guitar releases that have happened this week. You, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early every week. $5 gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue. And $10 gets you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Pew, pew, freedom. Bye. Yeah, yeah.
Carter, Drummond Brown, Holly Simpson, John Conaway, Eric Vaughan, Russell Healing, Paul Drew, Peter Pitt, Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist, Kyle Harris, Joe Hart, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane Malloy, Eric Hammer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Eisler, Gavin Vanderlinden, Andy Banley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Utting, Marcus Alkanawaki, Simon Milborn, Stuart Robson, Christian Unhansen, Keith Adams, Eric File, Jack Cutmore, Joe Butting, James Dorey, Matthews, Ken Sayers, Kytopia, The Man, John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Stephen Falk, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lozen, Derek Rich, Blake Wyland, Rob Norman, Shady Short, Steve Merkel, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Robin Smith, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, and Moon Gravity! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.